I'm so in my head about how I'm not doing well this episode. Right now? Okay, Every well, let me I say. Can I tell you something? Uh-huh. You do not have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I don't know if you're enjoying yourself, but I, I am. My soft body is loving this. <laughs> try this is a podcast where we try to understand we'll try oh that was good was it good yeah i'm gonna use that okay and today we're talking about mary oliver's wild geese wild geese that was some enunciation right there <laughs> would you like to read it now well yeah did, what, did you want to do and you know your like little intro of why you picked this one Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't pick this one so much as you quoted from it. I did quote from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, that was the backstory on that, right? Like, so I sent you a letter and I quoted one of the last lines of the poem in the letter. And that's, oh, that's like, that's the whole, that's our origin story because then you wanted to read it to me that's right (laughs) yeah so that's what started this you were like what if I read this to you (laughs) um or what if I recorded myself reading this and then sent it to you and I was like I would love that I guess I I quoted that line because I love it so much harsh and exciting I love that line and I guess we'll get to it in a minute but um I think I probably quoted that to other people in other letters that I've written. <laughs> but I, I like that line so much because it describes anticipation for the future and the future itself, which is like, it's coming and um, it might hurt a bit, but it's very exciting that it's going to arrive. What was the context? It was it must have been about the future in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we're the kind of people who uh, not only expound upon poetry, we're the kind of people who write letters to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Because in reality, we are not those people at all. (laughs) I mean, all of this just sounds um, so pretentious and insane, as if our or like we're from a different century. (laughs) Yeah, like you know, yeah. Just to make it clear that we haven't been like writing each other letters and like reading poetry to each other for like 25 years or something yeah we are normal a very recent development um and it is just as strange to us (laughs) as it would be to anyone else listening to this do you know what 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 line from a poem i often say to people no what (laughs) i don't even remember what the poem is called um or who wrote it but it was it's like one of those like um it's like referencing war you know it's like world Mm -hmm. war one and like some mustard gas situation and um whenever i tell someone like i'm feeling really bitter i say like you know i feel really bitter and vile what what is bitter bitter as the cud of vile incurable sores and then i I do one of these (laughs) 
Oh my God. Yeah, but it's such a good line. Bitter as the cud of vile incurable sores. That's all I got from, you know, Wilfred Owen. Is it? Apparently. I don't know this poem or this person. Is it like war related? That's what it is in my mind. I think so. I mean, I'm just looking at it just now and I don't feel like I should read the whole thing (laughs) while we're talking, but it, I mean, it doesn't seem good. Seems, it seems painful and bitter. Obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud of vile incurable sores on innocent tongues. It just stuck with me. Dulce et decorum est. Did I, did Mm. I, did I pronounce that correctly? I think you did the Latin right. Sweet and decorous. (laughs) (laughs) it is we took latin for many years yeah god we do sound like weirdos i mean i think we are weird (laughs) i don't mean to imply that we're not weird but we we were not weird in this particular way until very recently do you do you have any background on her i sure don't i'm gonna look it up later um well i know that she well she's passed away now i think she passed away a few years ago the only real background I have is just like reading her other work, which is that she pulls a lot, which you can tell from this poem as well. She pulls a lot from like nature, uh, nature imagery and stuff. And yeah, writes this uh, like beautiful contemplative poetry on the nature of existence works well for me. Um, but I don't know very much about her life life. Mary Oliver was an American poet whose work was inspired by her deep connection to the natural world. Wild Geese is the title poem from Mary Oliver's 2004 collection of the same name. Oliver was known for being a very private person. In a rare interview in 2011, she reflected on her difficult and traumatic childhood, saying, I very much wished not to be noticed and to be left alone, and I sort of succeeded. I made a world out of words, and it was my salvation. She lived most of her life quietly out of the public eye in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and her poetry takes much inspiration from the natural landscape of Cape Cod. Oliver shared in that 2011 interview that in Provincetown, they say if Mary is taking a walk and she begins to walk slower and slower, and finally she's standing still scribbling, you know it was a successful walk. In a review of Oliver's poetry, Maxine Kuman writes that Oliver stands quite comfortably on the margins of things, on the line between earth and sky, the thin membrane that separates human from what we loosely call animal. In Wild Geese, Oliver encourages the reader to let go of that false boundary between our animal selves and our human consciousness. And we think it also presents a message of hopeful striving. Again, from that 2011 interview, Oliver shared, I don't usually mess around with what makes me unhappy when I'm writing. I want to write poems that will comfort, maybe amuse, enliven other people. I don't mean that the world is all great and wonderful, but I try to keep the emphasis on the good and the hopeful. Mary Oliver is a recipient of numerous awards, including the Pulitzer Prize for her 1983 collection, American Primitive, and the National Book Award for her 1992 collection, New and Selected Poems. Oliver held the Catherine Osgood Foster Chair for Distinguished Teaching at Bennington College, received fellowships from the Guggenheim Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts, and won the American Academy of Arts and Letters Award, the Poetry Society of America's Shelley Memorial Prize, and the Alice Faye DiCastagnola Award.
Mary Oliver passed away in 2019 at the age of 83. is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So what did you think when you first read it? Because you had not, you hadn't read it before when I quoted it and you looked it up of your own volition. I feel like a very calm sense of peace. And I think that's like partly the nature thing, but partly just this like, sense of kind of acceptance of like you don't have to be perfect you don't have to what is what does she say like you don't have to punish yourself you don't have to walk on your Mm -hmm. knees like you just have to like accept the things that are and keep moving through life and I think it's like very representative of where I am in my life right now yeah Um, so it feels like the right time for this poem to come to me yeah yeah same I also get that sort of like calming feeling when I think about or when I read this poem it lifts a burden (laughs) and then there's a few lines throughout that just like really really speak to me obviously the the harsh and exciting one but then there's a few others as well are there any lines that jump out at you as being particularly effective or meaningful yeah I really love the line you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves I think, you know, I, well, so the picture on the the website where I found this, is like, it's like, you know, this really pretty picture of wild geese. I think, you know, the soft animal of your body, it feels like kind of vulnerable, you know, but it's, you know, it's like, oh, it could like get pierced by something, but, you know, it's kind of just like, just, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, let this vulnerable thing that is yourself go out into this world that is kind of harsh and scary and just do whatever makes you happy, you know, and like mm-hmm. things might go wrong. Um, but just, just, just do it. You know, life's too short. Yeah. I also love that line, the soft animal of your body. That's interesting because I, obviously there is like a, a nod to the vulnerable, like the fragility of our, of our literal physical bodies. But I see it as reminding us that we're not separate from anything. Like there's a sense that human beings are, yeah, like above or somehow fundamentally different from animals. And that this is like, that we have some higher functioning or yeah, just separate, I guess. And every now and again, I think we need the reminders that we're instinctual 
and physical and all of those things are okay. Like the, I think the reason why we need the reminders uh, is because we live in a culture where those things are supposed to be like sublimated, I guess, where like our bodies are supposed to be always second to our minds our bodies are, are are things that we can are things that we're supposed to master and have control over, um, but not necessarily things that we use to experience the world or have some sort of like sensual experience in general or sensory experience. Um, and so I, I I've always liked that line because it reminds me of that. But now I think I'm going to read more of the vulnerability into it that you brought up. I was re- so I was thinking about like why she picked the the name wild geese, um, you know, because there's there's a lot of natural imagery in this whole poem, and one thing I was thinking was, you know, maybe she picked that because geese are an animal that are really controlled by their like you know natural impulse, you know, so like they travel south for the winter, and it's like so inexplicable to us. It's like how do they know you know it's like sea mm-hmm. turtles too like how do they know where to go you know like and I think it is something like deep in their physical body you know it's not like they're deciding collectively like there's some goose conference and they're like it's, it's <laughs> now time right like there, there's something in their bodies that you know contains this wisdom it's like now it's time to go south yeah. um, and I think that people have that too right like people also have this embodied wisdom but yeah, um, it reminded me of this word that you used once, and I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of like, um, it's it's only in this Western thinking model that we have this like body-mind split, and you mm-hmm. use like a fancy word for it, and I, please, please remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was? No, I don't. I don't Wait, what I don't was know. the context? I So I think the context was like, in Western philosophy, there's this, there's this split of the, oh, I think it was like Cartesian. Is that right? It was Cartesian. Okay. I remember because we were talking about the spirit catches you because one of the, the Hmong community leaders is explaining to the the journalist. He's like, Hmong thinking is not Cartesian. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so I think that this is like very reflective of that non-Cartesian non-split between the mind and the body it's like no like you know when you do things you do things because your whole body wants to do that thing right it's not because you know yeah like your mind doesn't have supremacy over your body and it's not like your mind has decided to do this thing it's like no your whole body has decided yeah i i agree that i i i see that as being like a pushback against that kind of mind body split i definitely see that in this poem so I think in the context of the book, all of that is kind of wrapped up together, like philosophy and cosmology and 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 um, medicine and all of these things are kind of together. And so the way in which you approach the body or the mind has to account for all of these like worlds of knowledge. And um, I see like not just a... Um, I'm trying to bridge from what you said to this line about announcing your place in the family of things, which is not just about bridging the gap between mind and body, but bridging the gap between like self and other, you know, and like 
it is about more than just your physicality is about your physicality being purposeful and meaningful and having a place. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So like, if I understand what you're saying correctly, it's like, you know, this poem touches on not just like, don't let your mind take supremacy over your body, but also like, don't let like people take supremacy over everything else in the world. You know, like you are Mm -hmm. a thing just like all of the other things. Like, is that kind of what you're saying? Sort of. Well, I mean, I think that it's not necessarily directing anyone to do anything in particular, but that is just stating things as they are. Like you, you do exist. You do have a physical body. Um, uh, and it and it serves a purpose, you know, in the scheme of things. And the the physicality is something to be appreciated, which, you know, it's not stated directly in the poem, but is that's contrary to how we receive the physical body in most aspects of of American culture. And so it, it is it's it's not so much like issuing directives. It's like kind of clearing away things that might be clouding the simplicity of everything, which is that we're here and we're here to experience this, to experience life, to experience this reality, to experience our bodies, to experience the world. And that that's good enough. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. This is a beautiful poem. I think this is her most famous poem. Mm. Um, And I think, because I see this one quoted all the time, and so I think it it obviously resonates with people. I f- I think that we frequently need these reminders that it's like okay to exist because I th- I think at least for a lot of us I think we forget that very easily. And so I, I I this is like a really beautifully written reminder of that. I was curious you said that it's a poem that is referenced a lot. Mm-hmm. Is there like a specific context in which it's referenced a lot? Um, so I mostly see this, I see this floating around on social media a lot, actually, if someone is, you know, having like a nice day at the park and they want everyone to know about it, they'll quote wild geese or they'll read it or something like that. And I don't think, I don't think that's how I came across it initially. I don't, I don't remember exactly how I came across this particular poem, but then after I came across it, I just started seeing it everywhere. And maybe it was the case that I was seeing it everywhere before and I just didn't notice so I yeah I see this one a lot on on social media. So I was I was curious about the the context that people refer to it because the so th- you know the the first part of the the poem you don't have to be good you don't have to walk on your knees and then there's also the line tell me about despair and I'll tell you mine so like to me when I read it it felt like okay there's something kind of bad that happened and someone's like in their head about it. And Mary Oliver is kind of like, you know, it's really fine. Like in the scheme of the world, it's such a small thing. And yeah. just like go out and like live your life, you know, don't, yeah. don't let it tear you down. You know, I think often too, like if people take things, like take a little piece that they like um, mm. out of a poem or out of a story, it's kind of like indicative of what they, I don't know, like what's going on in their head or like their 
perspective yeah. on the world or something. Um, and so it's interesting if, you know, you see it in the context of like, I'm just like enjoying this beautiful day, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the line that you pulled out in your letter was like, the world is a harsh and exciting place. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's scary, but it's also fun. Mm-hmm. And the part that I latched onto was like, you know, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, the world will go on and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I mean, that part also really speaks to me and the line, tell me about despair yours. And I will tell you mine. I really like that one. And then, and then the following line, meanwhile, the world goes on, which is, yeah. Like what you were saying, like it is, I think very easy to get hung up in the despair and it's very easy to kind of, I don't know, in some, in some ways to kind of fetishize our experience, um, particularly bad experiences and make them particularly meaningful. So it doesn't feel like it happened for nothing. And she's saying, yeah, we can do that. You know, we can talk about it and we can share what we've experienced, but there's this whole vast world out there for us to be playing around in, for us to be observing and getting into. Um, And it's here, whether we, you know, are despairing or not, or talking about despair or not. And that reminder, I think, is also necessary frequently, just not to get caught up in the drudgery of whatever it is that we're experiencing um, or to get caught up in the, you know, crawling on your knees for 100 miles in the desert, repenting, you know, that like, yeah, things happen and then you can come back like the, the world is always there, like waiting for us and we can always come back to it whenever we want. I had a thought. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, the opening lines, you don't have to be good. You don't have to walk on your knees. That feels like advice. Mm-hmm. But then the next part about tell me about despair yours and I'll tell you mine. And then she says, meanwhile, 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 the world is, you know, all this nature is cycling around you. But, you know, the first part, I feel like sounds like a directive, like stop thinking that way. But the tell me about despair and I'll tell you mine, it feels like an invitation, you know? So like, it doesn't feel like, you know, even though she says, you know, the world is going on around you, there's this bigger world, like that line still feels like it's okay to stop in this moment and, you know, share and talk about the bad things that is going on in our lives. Mm-hmm even though all of this stuff is going on around us, you know, like it's okay to take that space, Um, but it's not okay to, you know, flagellate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What was it you said? You said that like, it's okay to take the space when you like, that's how you read that. Yeah. Well, so at first when I read it, it felt like, you know, tell me about this thing, you know, you, you know, we can, we can share, but like, it's not a big deal. Like it, it felt like a dismissal at first when I read it, mm-hmm. but then I can't remember what it was that you said, but it made me read that line a little bit differently. So yeah. not as a dismissal of the despair in your life, because it's just one little thing in the world. Um, it made me read it more as like, we can, we can sit and talk about this thing that's happening in your life and in my life amidst everything all else that's going happening. Yeah. 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 I I definitely prefer that reading. Um, yeah, me too. I think I I think I 
also read it more as a dismissal initially. But I do, I see what you're saying. And I, and I think I prefer that of, of like, you know, there is all of this stuff going on around you. And then there's like in the midst of that is this kind of like still moment, like this kind of more quiet moment where you are allowed to exist and be in despair and lament. Um, and like, that's all allowed. Like all of that is part of it. You don't have to be, you know, regretful, you know, that you're taking the time to despair or something like that. It reminds me yeah. of our our conversations, you know, of like, our conversations. Yeah, and I mean, not that we talk about despair, but like, you know, we're I we're sitting here <laughs> sometimes <laughs> amidst other things. But like, you know, we I feel like our conversations are a time for us to kind of, you know, there's like so much going on in our lives, but like this is a very quiet moment and space where we can like share with each other. I don't know. I don't know why like that parallel is coming up for me, but like it feels like the, it, just, it feels nice. Like this conversation <laughs> just feels like such an invitation to connect with somebody amidst that's, all of the hubbub. Yeah, that's funny. I I mean, I have always read this poem as Mary Oliver talking to herself. And so with with that in mind, like all of it, I think is kind of profound when it's like like an, a, a self-affirmation, you know, but I, um, personally that the line, tell me about your despair. When I apply that to my own life, it doesn't really bring up anything particularly pleasant. Like it kind of brings up for me, my experiences of just like trauma bonding <laughs> with people. And I think that's why I read it initially as like, you know, we can do this, but like, this isn't all of it, you know? And I think if you're not prone to wallowing in despair, then it can, like, it can have like a lighter meaning of like, like what we were talking about before, where you get to have these moments. But I think if you are someone like me and a lot of the people that I've known in my life who are uh, despairers, then it's like, you can do this, but just remember that this just isn't, you know, just like to, to move on from it. And so I don't, um, I don't think of you <laughs> when I think of these, when I read those lines, because they're, they remind me of wallowers like myself. I'm, I'm a wallower by nature. You know, I have to, I, I have to like, you know, own avoid. It. <laughs> yeah. I have to own it, but I have to like work to, to not do that. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's effort for me not to wallow. Um, but I always want to, uh, or not always, but I, uh, sometimes want to, and you're not at all. <laughs> you're not well, a so wallower maybe... by any stretch. Like you like, you like skip right over it, you know, like you're jumping I over do. a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> I forget everything bad that's ever happened in my life. It's my coping <laughs> mechanism. Um, well, maybe that's the thing, right? Maybe it's like, if you, if you do read it as like, um, like a dismissal if you read it as like that's not a healthy way to be because there's all this other stuff going on around you you're just this tiny little speck then maybe that's the the image that it evokes for you it's like these conversations where you're just like you know it it takes you away from the world the wider world yeah but if you read it as you know the the invitation this is a calm place where we can sit and have a cup of coffee and talk about what's going on mm-hmm. while everything else is going on, then it reminds me of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
love that it can be read both of those ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause both of those are meaningful kind of yeah. lessons. Yeah. yeah. It's funny too. You said that this is like something that she's saying to herself, because for me, this sounded very much like something that I would say to my students, you know, they're like freaking out about something. And I'm always like, look, who's going to die if you mess up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally zero people are going to die. And I think that that's like a really, like, it, it is an exaggeration, but I think it's something that people don't think about. You know, it's like people are just so caught up in their stress and like needing to be perfect and needing to do well. Yeah. And I'm just like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the world's going to go on and like, nobody's going to remember this. Um, I certainly won't because I don't remember anything, you know, like, yeah. I will only remember that you're a nice person and that, you know, you tried really hard on this program or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I'm not going to remember your mistakes. I, I have definitely had like that exact conversation with my students where, I mean, it, like they get really caught up in, you know, getting a certain grade or something like that. And, you know, I have to say like, yeah, this doesn't matter. Like, I understand that it's important <laughs> to you, but like this, like in the scheme of things is just truly unimportant. Yeah. <laughs> and some students are, I think, unburdened by that sentiment. And some of them really, they're like, nope, this is all there is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got it right. Well, I, I was going to say that like, I, so obviously like the, that the line, tell me about your stare speaking to someone, but I have always like, to me, the, the, in, the rest of the poem or most of the poem reads as if she's like walking through her little forest and she's like having this moment of clarity to herself of like, Oh, I don't have to be perfect. Like, I just have to like, enjoy, you know, all these pebbles and these landscapes, like that's what it is, you know? And so that's why I've always read it as her talking to herself I guess because I've had kind of moments like that where I'm you know in my head about something and then I'll have sudden like a sudden sort of like flash of clarity where I'm like oh this like doesn't matter <laughs> in the way that I think that it matters yeah I think it could be both I think it could be her talking to herself or even even you know if you consider the line about tell me your despair because you know like I think we have those kind of conversations in our mind all the time where we're talking to someone who's not there, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. this is the way I would have liked to have that conversation, or this is the way that I want to approach a future conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think it definitely could be both. Does the imagery move you at all? Mm. Yeah, that's something that we haven't really talked about, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I think partly because like, it's like the imagery is like kind of like the, like, just like the backdrop. Like, yeah. like foregrounded are these experiences of like self-recrimination and despair, but then it's like all of that is happening while the world moves, you know, and that's just kind of there to remind you. And, and the, the imagery, I mean, she has other poems where her, the imagery is a little, is, has like a little bit more depth to it. And I feel like this one, it's, it's not as fully realized you know, maybe perhaps because of, because it's just kind of a backdrop to these other kinds of feelings. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, like the, like there are some natural kind of references that are a little bit more descriptive, like clear pebbles of rain, clean blue air, mm -hmm. but a lot of the other pieces are like more basic. Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree. Like, you know, it's to set that backdrop and the, the more important thing is the message 
that yeah yeah we're we're just part of this you know world we're just creatures yeah um Uh, final thoughts okay one final thought is this the following thought that is coming now in three two one poetry thoughts i the line whoever you are no matter how lonely i also really like because there is a way in which it speaks to the reader or the listener or particularly that like it, it it kind of calls out that person who is feeling particularly alone but then also if you're reading it as this is her talking to herself it's like whoever you are like whoever whoever i am like it doesn't matter who in particular i am so i kind of like that that's a little bit it's not quite a double meaning but i i like those two different readings of it kind of speaking to the reader but then also kind of saying it it doesn't matter who you are um at the same time i thought it was interesting that it's like a very poignant line whoever you are no matter how lonely that you pulled out mm-hmm. that we didn't talk about at all yeah before. Yeah, yeah i mean it, i think that that's also um it, it adds a lot to the vibe of the poem right? It's like either someone else that she's talking to or or the world that she's talking to or herself, like she's speaking to that person in a moment where they're feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, actually, you're not, I just heard this squawk, you know, as I was going on my walk, like you're not actually alone. Um, So I I do like that as well. I, I think that's beautiful final thought. We're not alone. We're not alone. We have a place in the family of things. Oh, also the family of things. Such a great line. Such a great way of of thinking about interconnectedness. When I was reading the poem, I had a lot of trouble with that line, with like where to put the emphasis. It's like announcing your place in the family of things or announcing your place in the family of things. Oh, I definitely read it as family of things because... Mm. I don't because I feel like the other interpret the other reading makes us sound like inanimate objects. Things. Yeah. Mm. But maybe I think that's the, okay. the emphasis is that I don't think it is. Well, it's like we're just things. We're just we're just bodies moving through the world. Like pebbles like, of rain. Um, yeah, maybe. But things is like inherently maybe not inherently, but I we don't use the we don't use the word things when we're talking about the natural world as much. Is that is is my is that true? That's well, my kind I, of first what sense. I, what I thought you were about to say was like when you say something is a thing, it like devalues it a little bit. I think it does a little bit, and and, and I I I do think that is sort of strategic here, you know, because it's. It, it is simplifying everything like down to its like most basic parts. And so the family of things is just like, you know, uh, the family of things is like a, is a very, very mundane way of talking about like the cosmos. Right. So, I mean, I think it's supposed to be n- not necessarily devaluing, but like taking away some of the like profundity of things that keeps us, that, that kind of scares us away. But I still think the emphasis is on family. Mm. Because I don't know. it's announcing your place. As a thing. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I maybe it's both, but like it was something that I struggled with when I was reading for sure. Um, one thing that you mentioned about profundity. Oh, maybe this will be my final thought. Final thought. I really like how the language in this poem is really simple, even though it's talking about something really profound. You know, it is distilling things down to its most basic parts. And I think that's reflected in the language of this poem. Like it, you know, it feels very normal. Like the language is very normal people language. Um, And I think one thing that scares people away from poetry a lot of times is that the, the words that are used and the way that they're used is like so intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's one thing that I really like about this poem. It's just like a person talking to you. I think that's another reason why it's so popular. It's, it's, uh, the meaning is profound, but the language is so accessible. So accessible, I don't even need to finish that sentence. Mary Oliver's biography was compiled from poetryfoundation.org and oprah.com. If you'd like to hear Mary Oliver reciting Wild Geese, visit the Literary Arts Podcast. All links will be available in the show notes. Our music is from Less FM. For questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a poem that you'd like for us to discuss, hit us up at wepoetried at gmail.com. That's we.poe.tried at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.